0: Good morning, uh, and this is an impromptu podcast on behalf of the Sino-Africa Center for Excellence Foundation and Cowries and Rice, and okay. we have a unique opportunity to interview the most powerful and famous China-Africa diplomat in Chinese history that maybe a lot of our listeners haven't heard about, and that is Ambassador Xu Jian, who is here with us today. How are you, Ambassador Xu? Um,
1: I'm fine, and uh, thank you, and how are you?
0: I am doing fantastic. Ambassador Xu, I'm wondering if you could maybe give us a little of your background very briefly, and if you want to brag, uh-huh. I'm v- we're very happy for you to brag about your <laughs> illustrious career, and, and maybe how your career fit into the arc of China-Africa relations.
1: Um, I really don't know how to say it, but however, when I got uh, out from the university that was in 1977, and um, we were at that time assigned a job to the Institute of West Africa and uh, West Asia and African Studies under the CAS. But at that time actually it was not under the, because CAS or Chinese Academy for Social Sciences had not been established yet. Uh, originally there had been or there is a single uh, Chinese Academy of Science, including all kinds of sciences there. So the Institute of African Studies had been established in 1956, so until then we got the job there. And uh, I worked there for about uh, 18 years, or about, uh, yeah, 18 years until 1995. And uh, so I was given a job to study the Horn of Africa, mainly Ethiopia, Somalia, and so on and so forth. But in between, I was uh, lucky enough to go for further studies in UK in 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 LSE for one year for the international politics, uh, but focus on the uh, Africa, and uh, unfortunately, however, at that time my institute refused me, uh, refused that I can follow in on the field studies in Somali. So I had been transferred to the uh, University of Durham to learn in English language because they want to train me as an interpreter and a translator so i went back country in 1983 and then went down to zimbabwe for about uh, one year working with the uh, university of uh, harare there and then the foreign ministry find uh, I might be uh, useful for them. So I was on a loan to work in the embassy in Addis Ababa from 1986 to 1988. So it started a long trip or long way for the Minister of Foreign Affairs to get me transferred. And uh, each time the cast refused. (laughs) So it took about (laughs) 10 years. Finally, I transferred to the uh, Department of African Affairs of the Foreign Ministry in 1997.
0: Fantastic.
2: So I... And this could
0: be in Mandarin if you want it to be.
2: Um, it's okay. So I have seen your mm-hmm. experience in Rwanda, Eritrea, mm-hmm. South Africa, Namibia, mm-hmm. like all these countries. So like you have p- been involved with africa for the past decades that mm-hmm. two or three decades mm-hmm. so how do you see the china africa relations evolve from when you first step on the african continent to now
1: i i don't know whether i can read these things correctly or not but i think uh, starting from the 1950s and the 60s i in i mean This kind of relations already started. And uh, for instance, the uh, establishment of the Institute of African Studies in China is a follow Mr Mao Zedong or what we call the uh, Chairman Mao's uh, instruction because at that time, ANC and PAC or other liberation movements came to China and uh, they want to talk to the a Chinese side while Mao Zedong and uh, later Premier Zhou Enlai at that time did not know very well about Africa. So they asked uh, the scholars or the uh, practitioners to carry out some research for them. So actually the history is uh, quite long. For instance, my father was a uh, in Africa for about uh, 10 years, helped to design and uh, build uh, four textile mills in four countries. So even in 1960s and in 1970s, these things are already quite well uh, spread. However, maybe, I don't know whether I'm right or not, that. in 1984, or something, this kind of a cooperation shifted to what we call it, um, uh, how do I say, mutual beneficial cooperation, but more on really on trade or on what they call it assistance. And um, so it is a somewhat different from what now we understand this international development cooperation. Only things is that, uh, I mean, what I try to say is that uh, the relations has been there quite long. However, maybe in the new century or around the 1990s, uh, we try to institutionalize it or put it in a quite, uh, how do we say, a kind of a forms that uh, we can get hands on to push it, originally there was, but uh, during the Cultural Re- Re- Revolution, this kind of a systems uh, somewhat gone. For instance, uh, starting from the 1950s until Cultural Revolution, there had been a ministry, or we call it the State Commission of uh, Economic Cooperation with Foreign Countries, something like that. I don't know how to say it, but. Uh, at that time, we call it the uh, Foreign Economic Committee. Later on, it became um I think something like China uh, Foreign Economic Something like that. It is situated in Xidan in Beijing, but it is only last to—I mean, it is restored. After the cult- Cultural Revolution, but however, uh, it how do we say absorbed by the uh, Ministry of Foreign Trade, so become a uh, I think that was in 1993 or something. I cannot remember exactly. But however, things changed, or the system changed. So I really don't know how to put it, but uh, maybe after the FOCAC, or the uh, Forum on China-African Relations, uh, cooperation, started in year of 2000, things get on quite good. It is not only provide us another, what we call it, uh, small Multilateral uh, platform plus the uh, existing uh, bilateral ones. And uh, also, it can coordinate different uh, ministries and uh, other state organizations or non state organizations to have a kind of a coordinated uh, efforts on the China-African relations.
0: Can you talk about your role specifically in the first FOCAC?
1: In the it first is not a China kind Africa of a role. It is uh, only a lucky I had this kind of uh, experience because I transferred to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in 1997, as I said. And um, immediately I got the chance to escort or accompany a visiting, we call it the the uh, workshop of the uh, diplomats, which means every year we will receive one delegation of uh, diplomats from uh, English-speaking African countries and another group from the French-speaking. So it actually started much earlier than 1997, but I got the chance to 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 travel and worked with some. Um, for about uh, two weeks, so um, during that uh, period, several d- diplomats, mainly from the uh, medium and small-sized African countries, I mean either in the uh, in terms of territory or the uh, population, and uh, they raised this uh, question or request. They are saying. You see, we have these um, this, uh, commonwealths, we have this uh, French-African summit, and uh, we already have the uh, ticket starting from 1993. But uh, we think we should have another one with you, why the China could not come up with this as well. So it is a rather, I mean, for me, I first heard about this kind of idea, so I reported up, and at that time the dG said we are already very busy at that time. my department was only about sixty uh personnel in i mean have to deal with or look after the bilateral relations with more than more than forty five African countries already I mean. Sub-Saharan, whether you have a formal relation with them or not, you have to learn about them and learn from them. So my DG said, we are too busy. And uh, we really don't know how to do this uh, multilateral. Either you can refer to our sister department of international conferences and uh, organizations, but they were busy with the UN and the UNDP and so on and so forth, <laughs> <laughs> so it shelved. And um, then come 1998, I got the task to accompany another group of them, and at this time they raised the same requir- requirement or the uh, suggestion. And I, th- I remember at least one DG from uh, Mauritius was among these uh, people to suggest it. And I reported, and uh, my DG passed. He said, uh, since uh, they always raise these requirements, there must be reason or need for them to have this. But however, up to the uh, Vice Minister for Foreign Affairs, they said, we will see what we can do and uh, actually in that year i was sent by my ministry by the following um, delegation of uh, minister of commerce no i at, at that time it is called the waijin mao bu uh they are dg had a delegation to tokyo for the second ticket. and uh, my boss purposely sent me go on this trip so that we can know about how to run this kind of uh, multilateral things. So however, we came back without any results, whether we should do it or whether we should not. So, then came, I think, in March of 1999, United States had a first uh, conference with all 50-something African countries, and uh, dealing between the uh, two ministries or two administrations, one on foreign affairs or international relations, the other on international cooperation, with their counterparts have this kind of meeting, so I guess it might be institutionalized forum, or kind of arrangements. But uh, I was wrong now, if I look at the back. And so I suggest again that we should—we should consider this. And um, this time to the minister himself, because the DG and the vice— Vice Minister, or they passed. And uh, however, he did not respond. So I think uh, I should uh, ask somebody to help. So I wrote an article and uh, published in the uh, magazine called West Asia and uh, African Studies, which is uh, my formal organization or formal institute. Talking about these kind of things, saying all the um, uh, how do we say relatively relatively bigger country had this kind of uh, arrangement or cooperation set up with the African countries in as a group, so among the uh, P5 of the UN because the ticket, it is also jointly run by the UNDP. So only Russia and China were not in or or, were not following the same way. So it is lucky that uh, Only within about two months, that is uh, May of 1999, the foreign minister of uh, Madagascar and the foreign minister of uh, Benin came in, uh, how do I say, one by one to visit uh, us and uh, during their formal talks with my uh, minister, they raised the same idea again. So mm, then my boss said, I remember sometimes ago, I had seen this kind of reports or suggestion whatsoever. So he asked his his, uh, secretary to bring back that things. So this uh, forum, finally, how do I say? Started or put into the uh, the these kind of things.
2: wow, well, that's, that's very impressive. So you're like part of trigger of
1: the um, um I think it is uh, African agency or African <laughs> initiative.
0: Theme of, of the conference we're, we're in, or the subtext, the, the role of African agency, yeah. very yeah. very well played.
1: Yeah. Cool.
2: So, I'm um, wondering, like, looking, listening to your stories, mm-hmm. I found your careers are split between half academic and half um, professional, like mm-hmm. diplomatic. Mm-hmm. Do you think that compliment, they complement each other? And would you suggest that to early careers professional here?
1: I don't know how to say it, but actually, although we do not have a written rules, but actually in the practice, um, at least the new China always has been doing these things. For instance, uh, I, w- I remember that the first uh, 10 ambassadors of a new China that is uh, in 1950s were all the uh, generals from the uh, PLA. Mm. So it is not necessarily Korea uh, diplomats. Because mm-hmm. um, the uh, how do we say? Try to combine these uh, specialists or make use of the uh, special knowledge about the area that you can. You have to work on. It might be helpful, and even now, every four years we have about. Uh, 180 ambassadors appointed, I think uh, 20 to 25 percent of them are coming from outside the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And even within the ministry, now we have uh, more people are trained in in different uh, disciplines, like uh, economics, history, and uh, even the finance or laws and so on and so forth. So I think uh, it depends on individual. Uh, The system will help, but uh, if you do not make it your, uh, it has your career, I don't know how to say it, but uh, I would say it is a more individual things.
2: But I think it do con- it does contribute to your understanding of Africa as a continent, like different and Af- different African countries, um, because according to your keynote speech at our conference, I remember you mentioned one sentence that if you don't, if you want to have good relations with Africa, you need to first understand Africa. So I think like academic might be some, to my understanding, academic um, research might be. Of very much help for your kind of experience with Africa.
1: So actually, I remember this, or I said this, because uh, in two thousand ten, on that year, uh, I remember one of our top leaders. Actually, we call it uh, state counselor, but actually, it's a vice premier in charge of in charge of the foreign affairs, Mr. Dai Bingguo went on a trip to Africa. And uh, when he came back, and uh, or actually on the way, he talked to us, saying that um, although we had relations with Africa for about uh, 50 years by then, because we started in 1955 the Bandung Conference, and um, however, there are four tasks in a series, he said, we should, we should carry on, we should put more efforts on it. And the first, uh, in Chinese, called the, uh, liao jie. I would put it into learn about. And the second word, or second phrase he used is uh, li jie. That means uh, after you learn about it, you should understand it, why African want this and African want that. And the uh, third one is the uh, which means uh, you trust, uh, you respect them. They are choice of uh, way of uh, running their countries, way of the uh, development, these kind of things. So the final word or phrase is uh, trust. So you have to trust, or you have to really, for instance, uh, yesterday or for quite long time the people saying why you you always insist on the non-interference. My understanding is that uh, it is out of a idea or the uh, understanding that uh, Africans are as good as us or even uh, even in some ways, and they are better than us. So nobody want to be taught about, uh, be, be lectured on how to run their own affairs. And I think this is out of this kind of things. Also, it is also the a principle of the UN. I can't remember whether it is uh, Article Third or. Article IVs, they carry this kind of ideas. So really, for us, it is to learn about these things because most of the Chinese ordinary, ordinary Chinese people, they don't understand the foreign, I mean, they don't understand the outside world very well. It only started in early nineteen it is when we open the door again after we close it for more than 100 years. So I think this is uh, very important for us to learn about and learn from those people you want to become the friends with.
2: You
0: are uniquely positioned to comment on the, the different generations of Chinese diplomats that went into Africa. So I studied uh, China-Africa relations mm-hmm. basically as a diplomatic exercise. And, and the first generation of Chinese diplomats in Africa who did really good work in, in sometimes difficult Times mm-hmm. and i um, and you are second generation.
1: Or, I think I might be a third. third or third. fourth. <laughs> you're, you're, you're young, you're young. That's that's
0: the, and, and I'm wondering if you can talk about the progression mm-hmm. of different um, Chinese diplomats, mm-hmm. the tools and skills they came into the job with, and what you see for the, the newest generation of, of, of Chinese diplomats who are in. African countries right now, what what do they say? What do they think? How, what do you,
1: um, what
0: advice would you give to them?
1: I don't think I can offer any uh, advice to them because I only still in the learning circle. And uh, for instance, the first generation mainly are the uh, the uh, generous or formal university graduates before 1949. And uh, some of them may rely on the uh, interpreters to carry out their work, but um, they are very, they were very sincere or honest to deal or to making friends with Africans. And uh, the second generation, like Ambassador Liu Guijin and uh, some of uh, them, uh, they had been from different, how do we say, uh, they were trained mainly as the uh, foreign language students but uh, also some of them as uh, the historians and so on. Uh, They are advantage were that they can speak uh, foreign language very good or very well. Uh, Even some of them speak in Mm -hmm.
2: and
1: Swahili, Am Amharic, because we started this kind of uh, teaching in 1960s. So they got along with their African friends very well, and then may become the people like me or my peers, and some of them are still working on the posting now. Uh, it is a good tradition is that we have a specialists which means you get into the uh, foreign affairs or some other uh, organization or other ministry, but you work until now, mainly dealing with this uh, area that you are supposed to work on. And uh, so it uh, builds up a kind of knowledge or you know about this in a deep way. And uh, however in the last decade or so, we find that the disadvantage of us that I now retired, but uh, I only know about Africa a bit. But if you asking about the foreign policies, asking about other parts of the world, I have a very limited knowledge at all. So now the ministry try to train new generation of the diplomats, really in a career way, that uh, they will know—they will widen their knowledge, not only on the area studies, but also on the uh, different uh, fields, like economic, laws, and so on and so forth. So it's hard to say. I think uh, we have to wait for a while to see what this kind of uh, changing now. But however, we are lucky is that we still have a small group of uh, what we call it uh, non-common foreign languages. So we still furnish among the DDG in my department. And now there's uh, one Swahili s- speaker. And uh, among the uh, section leaders, we have uh, three more. And uh, also in the research institute, we have some uh, Hausa speakers and Amharic, and so on. And uh, my university now is called the Beijing University of Foreign Studies. uh, Studied uh, other African languages as well.
2: That's great. Mm. Um <coughs> I have a question so there are many formal diplomats or mm. formal researchers mm. they are ri- writing their own um autobiography now mm-hmm. like their own um their own <coughs> personal story mm-hmm. uh, memoirs um so if you are going to write such a book what would be the headline of it what would be what would be the title of it
1: I really do not know because uh, I haven't uh thought about it yet, so hard to say, but something to do with Africa. Because uh, for about, uh, in my career, about 36 years, I have never, I have never, how do I say, take a leave from here. Even when I was a student in UK, I tried to continue on this, even on my short two years working with the, uh, how do I say, Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference, although it is uh, on the forum, but still within the forum I try to invite uh, Africans with us, because it is called the uh, Forum of uh, 21st Century, and how uh, to say. This century is a century of uh, Asia, or a century of uh, Africa, or a century of a uh, South World. I really don't know. <laughs>
0: um, I think we're we're almost out of time. So mm. I want you, mm-hmm. if possible, to mm-hmm. tell us your favorite story from your thirty-six year career. What one story I mean, would you like are to share? There too
1: many. I really don't know how to choose one. But I think uh, actually a lot of things, how do we say, get me moved in a deep way. And um, really I really don't know how to say it because whenever I go on a trip or when I was working in the embassy, I got uh, a lot of help from African side, so, so many things, for instance, when I was a, when I was a scholar or researcher uh, in the institute in early 1990s, I think either 1991 or 1992, I went on a trip to the South Africa, try to find out uh, the um, ANC and other liberation movements got uh, unbanned, what they are going to do for the uh, coming new era of uh, South Africa. And uh, one day I was on a trip to a remote village, in the East Cape, and uh, our driver was later General Secretary of the uh, South African Communist Party, Mr. Chris Honey. And I found that he got involved with those uh, local people very closely, and then we had an event, uh, in the evening and then we on the trip from that uh, village to Elizabeth port. In the night, he was driving. I think we started at about 10 o'clock in the evening. When we arrived in the city, it was about two or three o'clock in the morning. But uh, at six o'clock, he's already Uh, talking with the white entrepreneurs in that area. So actually I admired him or his peers or his comrades quite a lot and working almost uh, without any sleeping. But I mean, he was uh, already very high. And um, I really don't know how to say it, but uh, it is quite uh, memorable. Uh,
2: so we can spend the first <laughs> chapter like a <laughs> night in South Africa. An,
1: an, a, a night in South
0: Africa with no sleep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, thank you so very much. Um, how? Can people find you on the internet? Is there um, a website that has
1: Not your exactly. Writings? I'm not so good at uh, either in English wi- wi- writing or this ICT yet. <laughs> 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 and okay. I kept a kind of uh, what you call it uh, book. Blog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is mainly my formal translation. For instance, on the uh, Eritrea, when I was working there, I tried to translate it. The book written by uh, Italian-British author called the I Didn't didn't Do It For You. Because uh, I think a lot of uh, Chinese people don't know what is uh, Eritrea and where it is. (laughs) And then for another posting in Rwanda. I also translated another book. So, these are all in the uh, Chinese. That's that's (laughs) totally fine. Yeah, I
2: think we have quite a a number of Chinese audience as well.
0: Yes, we we definitely do. Fantastic, thank you so much for that. Um, Arting, how do people find you?
2: Um, thank you very much, Ambassador Shu. So follow SayS Foundation at um, Facebook, Twitter and also WeChat. Our name is says Foundation, S A C F O U N D A T I O N. Also, um, you can log into our website foundation.org to learn more about our projects and podcasts.
0: And uh, I myself can be found on Twitter at Winslow underscore I have a website, www.cowreaserice.com, which houses my fledgling China-Africa consultancy. And thank you so much, Ambassador Xu, for making the time.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you very much.